What up, guys? This is The Chase Down, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. Welcome back, everybody. And today we're going to be talking about the NBA, NBA awards for this upcoming season. We'll be talking about MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved, and much more. Yes, sir. I think it makes sense to just start right off with MVP. I completely agree. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I got four. I tried to do four for all of them. I didn't get it for all of them, but I have the most likely to win it and then least likely to win it down the okay. list. So my first option is Luka, and then second option is KD, third option is Jokic, and then my fourth option is Dame Lillard. You don't have LeBron in your top four? Nope. That is a hot take. I mean, I'd probably put a fifth. Okay, all right. But I, I he's – from what I've seen – people don't win MVP and then not win it for a bunch of seasons and then win it again. It's got to be a consecutive thing. Super true. Yeah. I, okay. Fair point. Um, for my list, I've got KD winning it. I have Luca coming in second, LeBron in third, and then Joel Embiid in fourth. All right. Yeah. So, all right, let's go over your picks first. Why do you think Luca's going to win it? I think there's nothing better for the MVP conversation than a fun narrative. And Luca's got it. This is his last, if he wins it this year, he'll be the youngest MVP. Um, mm. And I think he's definitely got a chance. As long as Chris Tapp stays healthy, that team's solid enough that they can be one of the top three seeds. And if they are, he's got a lock. I think he's a lock for it. I agree with you. If that team stays healthy, I think he's probably the favorite, but I just can't see them staying healthy. So that's why I get nervous. Like yeah. I was thinking about it. The numbers Luca put up last season were just ridiculous. It was like 30 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. If his three point shooting goes up and his numbers stay the same, just like on better efficiency, he's, he should win the MVP, but if they're not a top four seed in the West, I don't, I don't see how it happens. Yeah, no, that's that's all reasonable. I expect his percentages to go up a little bit. Yeah. Just he's got an extra year. He's got an extra offseason. And hopefully he's got more guys on his team that can take shots. So he's not just taking lots and lots of step back threes, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I, I want him to win it. That's also why I put him at number one. Because I really, really think he should win it. I think he's the perfect candidate to hold the youngest MVP ever. I think like we've never seen, well, since I've been watching basketball, I've never seen a player so young dominate the league so quickly. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's already in the running for best player in the league at such a young age. Like he's going into his third season. I, I don't, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Magic's rookie year was way before either of us were born, but that was, that was the last like really, really good 20 year old him and LeBron. Definitely. Yeah. LeBron's rookie season was crazy too, yeah. but like to put him in the conversation with those two players, like LeBron and magic who are both top five players of like all time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. I think Luca's probably the next person in the league to like carry the torch. I, I think he's going to take it from LeBron once he retires. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, him and Giannis, and yeah. I don't even know who else is going to hold that mantle. Tatum probably wants it, but he's not in that conversation. Not, not yet. yet. No. All right. Um, my pick for MVP is KD, and I'm the same way as you. I think a nice narrative is a perfect way to get the MVP, and KD coming off 
the most devastating injury in basketball, an Achilles tear. If he puts up 27, five and five, which is like a walk in the park for KD, if he's like close to him, like what he was before he got hurt and he comes off an injury without playing basketball for 18 months and leads the Nets to a top three seed in the East, I think, I don't know how you could deny him an MVP at that point. I, I just think that would be so special. And I think the media would run with that, like coming off an injury, 18 months of recovery, he dominates the league again. I, I just think it's a storybook. I think that's, it's 100% possible. I'm worried the media is a little bit too anti-Kyrie to give the Nets the props that they're going to deserve. Like yeah. KD is 100% going to torch the league. And what I think is interesting too is like KD doesn't have the best relationship with the media either, but next to Kyrie, he looks like a saint. Yeah. Like I actually think him being paired with Kyrie takes some heat off of Kevin, which is interesting. It's the reverse of Kyrie and LeBron where LeBron took all the flack, even though Kyrie like over Kyrie, Kyrie is going to take all the flack over KD. But now that Kyrie is like almost universally hated by media, I think it makes KD look more favorable to the media. And they were like, oh, we thought this guy was bad. Look at this dude. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think KD has definitely got the narrative. And I think he's just going to dominate the league this year, too. So, yeah, he <coughs> he's definitely my favorite. All right. When we ranked the Eastern teams, we both had the Nets at third seed. Do you think there's a chance that they make their way to the second or first? Because I think they kind of need to be in the top two for KD to. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it depends on what the West looks like, but I don't think they give it to Giannis again, regardless of how great a season he has, even if the Bucks are number one. Yeah, I don't even have Giannis in my top five just because of the voter fatigue. I, I think they're all done with him, and I think him flaring out in the playoffs the last two years has really done him a disservice. I don't think the media is as in love with them as they were. Uh, in the last few seasons. So um, I can see the Nets sneaking into a two seed because uh, I can see the potential of the Sixers slipping. I, mm-hmm. I had the Sixers in the two seed and I can see like the whole Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid experiment still not working out or like Joel Embiid not coming into camp in shape. That storyline's always an issue. So yeah. I could I could see the Nets climbing. I, I think that's definitely possible. I'm watching the preseason. I know that's not a lot to take. You can't take a lot away from the preseason, but they weren't yeah. running. They were running Ben Simmons at the point guard. I don't even know. I mean, maybe they were running him at the point guard. They had Tobias Harris at the four um, and they had Danny Green. And I don't think, I think Steph Curry, Seth Curry came off the bench. Yeah. Um, if they do that, I don't think they're going to be the two seed. I completely agree. I think so, that their max potential is with Ben Simmons at the four. Yeah. Or, well, do you think the lineup of Ben Simmons at point, Seth at two, Danny Green at three, Tobias at four, Joel at five can make them a two seed? Maybe. I mean, it, you you run Ben Simmons at the one, but then he probably doesn't guard the one. He probably guards the three or four, so he's essentially on defense. That the I don't know, man. I think it's definitely possible. Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias, Ben, and Embiid on the floor at once, I think, is has a lot of potential. Yeah. It all really comes down to the lineup with that team and the and the health. Because we know Joel's going to miss, like, 10 to 15 games a season. And then Ben Simmons, 
people don't talk about his injury history enough. I love Ben Simmons, but he always misses games. He has knickknack injuries every year. So I can definitely see that team slipping, which would lead the, to the Nets like hopping up in the standings. 100%. My third MVP pick, which I think it's, it's a sleeper pick. I, I mean, I've been raving about Jokic forever, um, yeah. but I think he's really got a chance to win it. Um, it just depends on how good the Nuggets are, how healthy that team can stay, how good all of his supporting players can be. But he makes everybody around him better. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't have the narrative for it. I don't know what kind of narrative you, you give around Jokic winning it. But, I mean, best player on the best team, I think he could be one of them. I think the narrative he could create is how clutch he is. He had a ridiculously clutch season last year, like statistically, like crunch time numbers. If they were like a one or two seed in the West and he had like four or five game winners in a season and he was the lead, obviously he's the lead dog on that team and he puts up like 25, 12 and eight or something like that. I think he has a case, but as a big man, it's just tough to win that award in yeah. this day and age. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Who was your third pick? I have LeBron. You can never count LeBron out. Yeah. I think he's a sleeper to win it. Honestly, I really do. Him getting second place votes in last year's MVP and like getting blown out by Giannis looked foolish when the playoffs started. It looked foolish. I know the I know the MVP is a regular season award, but after seeing that play out in the playoffs, it just looked ridiculous to call Giannis the MVP of the league when LeBron was torching everyone in the West. So I, I think if the Lakers are the one seed like we predicted and he puts up another season, like he did last year, 27, eight and eight. I think the media will look at him and just be like, we should have given it to him last year. Let's compensate and let's give it to him this year. Yeah, yeah, I would probably put him fifth, but I think that's, he definitely has a chance, maybe fourth over Dame now that I'm thinking about it. But I, he 27, eight and eight is good enough to win MVP when you're first in the league. If you're someone who isn't named LeBron. Right. I mean, Giannis had an extremely, extremely good regular season. I think LeBron just needs to dial it up a little more in the regular season if he wants a chance to get the regular season MVP. I also think it has like historical implications because I think LeBron has four MVPs in the regular season. And if he gets one more, it brings him even closer to Jordan. And it's just like, if we don't get, if LeBron doesn't get his fifth MVP this season, like when is he going to do it? You know, I feel like he's still at the peak of his powers, but he's like, obviously he's going to start slowly drifting away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't care about the goat discussion at all, but I think there's too many people that do. So there's, there's definitely, he's got the, the narrative for it. Yeah. I think the goat co uh, conversation is so potent in this day's like media with all the like, shows in the morning the sports shows like first take and undisputed so I, we got to bring it up yeah yeah and they're gonna talk about it the whole season yeah you're right you said uh, you have Embiid as your fourth pick you even I do I heard you say you think he might miss 10 to 15 do you think he has yeah. to stay healthy to have a chance so that's my case that's my case if he stays healthy and he comes into camp in shape and they achieve the second seed like I think they had the potential to do He's going to be the player who puts up 27, 12, great defense all season, probably three, four blocks a game. If that's the player we get from Embiid, I think he's like a really great candidate to win the MVP. 
I think that's reasonable. He's got to up his three-point shooting a little bit. Yeah. What scares me is that when him and Ben Simmons are on the floor together, one of them has to trail at the three-point line. And when that's Embiid and he's taking contested threes, he doesn't hit them very well. Nope. Um, but if he can – if that team can work out, he's absolutely got a chance. He's just got to put up – I mean, he put, he's got to put up the same numbers he always puts up. He just has to want it. Yeah. And I think if he proves to the media that he does want it, I think that will show them something enough to vote for him. And he needs to stop shooting threes. I saw in the priest, he played, I think either it was last night or the night before. I think he went like two for seven from three. Like just he was taking every shot. Yeah. No, no more seven threes a game. It's awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I even, I understand like, statistically if you're hitting a good enough percentage it works out but it's ugly basketball and it's not where he excels it's it's borderline pointless for him to shoot the three and at the the pump fake from three i I don't understand why people fall for it it's Mm. the slowest pump fake in the league it looks ridiculous he gets people on it all the time yeah you're right but the problem is yeah i have dame fourth um, the problem I think with Embiid is he's not going to stop shooting threes because you got to keep Ben Simmons in the paint. I just need him to hit him. Right. Yeah. Um, I have Dame fourth because, again, narrative wise, his teams have always been injury or last year they were injury riddled and he dragged them to the playoffs. Um, the year before they were a Western Conference finals team and they were really pretty talented. And I think they got better picking up Robert Covington. I think uh, giving some of their guys a little more time to develop. I think Nasir Little can be pretty talented for them. as just like a bench player. Um, They they have a chance to vault themselves way past where I predicted at the eighth seed. I think they could be in the top four. I think you're 100% right. And I think if Dame goes crazy like he did in the bubble, like I feel like Dame finally caught the attention of everyone in the bubble when he just went on that tear and willed that team to the playoffs. Mm. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I have them at the eighth seed as well, but I would not be shocked at all to see him go bananas and bring them all the way to the like four seed. And we spoke about the addition of Robert Covington. I think that just makes them a better team overall. So with more help for Dame, I think he's going to have better numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robert Covington does exactly what you want him to do. He's a great three-point shooter, great defender, got good size. Uh, Dame's just going to cook. I I fully expect him to cook. He's finally – you're right that he was getting the credit he deserves. He was underrated for so long. I think he was the best point guard last year. Uh, It's it's hard to put Steph Curry – or hard to put him over Steph Curry when Steph Curry's healthy. Uh, I think Steph Curry will probably be a better point guard, but that's just probably he game could absolutely light the league on fire this year. The thing, I think the thing that separates them is their usage. I think Curry, you can like, he doesn't need the ball in his hands all game. Like you can run him off screens and use him as a decoy and stuff like that. But when he shoots, it's going in. Dame needs the ball in his hand all game long. It's just a different, like a difference in style. And I think, most people would probably prefer Steph Curry. 100%. Yeah. Dame is not the kind of off ball player that Steph is. Steph is a one of a kind off ball player as a point guard. Just his, his release is so quick too. Even if Dame had that kind of speed, he doesn't have that kind of shot. 100%. All right. Do you want to move on to defensive player of the year? Yeah, sure. All right. Let's run through my list. 
I got this. So this may be controversial. Not number one, but number one, I have AD winning it. And then number two, I have Ben Simmons. And then Ooh. Embiid. Or, and then, sorry, and then Giannis and then Embiid. Okay. Two Sixers in the top four. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I think either one has the potential. I mean, Ben Simmons, they don't give it to point guards, but he's 6'10". He uh, count, what does he even count as, like, in, as a defender? Because he can defend all five positions. That's the thing. He can defend all five positions really well. Yeah. He's really good at reading passing lanes. He's big enough to not let people body him in the post. Strong dude. He's yeah. a strong dude. He's got a really good IQ when it comes to defense. Uh, I I think he gets slept on a little bit. I mean, he makes all defensive teams, so I guess he doesn't. But I think he deserves to be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation every year. Yeah, I uh, I mistakenly left him off my list for sure. Because as now that you say that, I definitely see the potential as for him being a Defensive Player of the Year. But I also have Anthony Davis winning it. I have Giannis second, Draymond Green third, and Rudy Gobert fourth. That's fair. I forgot about Draymond Green. Um, he's going to have a huge bounce back. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. The fact that he's not going to be a number one option, he's 100% going to have a crazy defensive year. He can um, dedicate all his time to def- defense and passing the ball. Yeah. We both have AD winning it. I don't think that's a hot take. It's, I don't think it is either. I think this is probably going to be like a pretty consistent – opinion amongst like all people who watch basketball yeah because again with the Giannis thing I think people are like really disappointed by Giannis and his performance in the playoffs Mm -hmm. so I don't see votes really being thrown his his way but I feel like he'll get some second place votes just to acknowledge that he's still an elite defender but Anthony Davis was ridiculous he was on the Lakers who had a championship caliber team who won the championship and I think the voters are going to get kind of do what they did, my theory, with the MVP award and give it to um, LeBron. I think they're going to do the same thing with Defensive Player of the Year by giving it to Anthony Davis when maybe he should have deserved it last year. Yeah, he definitely could have deserved it last year. Um, I worry a little bit that Giannis is going to get underrated just because he's already signed his contract extension. So there's less reason to talk about him maybe going to the Lakers every day. Yep. Um, I think he's going to have another great year. I think he's, I, I really think he's going to do better at free throws this year. I think his three pointers are going to be garbage. I'm watching him. He's changed his form a little bit. So he's listening to coaches. He's not just doing the same shit and hoping that it works. I have, a, I have a quick little story about Giannis's free throw shooting. Yeah. Um, I had just list, like read an uh, ESPN article by Malika Andrews on uh, Giannis. And he, he is one of those Kobe, Kevin Garnett work ethic types where he's in the gym. And to improve his free throw shooting this year, he brought his wife and his child. And every time he missed a free throw, they had to run laps. And it made him feel bad. So he like won't miss free throws. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought it was hilarious. And it shows like, it shows that he really wants to improve. Hopefully it happens. Hopefully that works out. But I thought I'd share that really quick. That's really funny. I didn't hear about that. That's, that is Kobe-esque 100%. But uh, yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. I think Giannis has a chance to become like an underrated player as a back-to-back MVP because of these flameouts in the playoffs. I think people are going to like 
severely underestimate how great of a player he is. Like even in the all time rankings, I think he's probably already like a top hundred player, a back-to-back MVP, 30 point per game seasons. He's ridiculous. But with these playoff flameouts, I think people are going to really start like kind of ignoring his stats and numbers almost. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good of a year he has. Nobody's going to care until the playoffs start. 100%. It's, that the playoffs are the most important thing and that like this is showing it because no one no one's going to care about Giannis's numbers this year until he proves himself in the playoffs yeah 100 I have a question for you about Gobert do you think voter fatigue exists when it comes to defensive player of the year or do you think you can win that any any number of times so this is a very interesting question uh I I think it's less common in defensive player of the year. And I actually think it's almost the reverse. I think people are more likely to get back to back defensive player of the years or multiple defensive player of the, of the years than any other award. Um, like Kawhi has two, uh, Ben Wallace got four, Dwight Howard got four. Like th- there are just, there are some repeat offenders. Rudy Gobert himself has two already. Yeah. So I back think, yeah, I think voters, they see, a defensive player, they recognize their greatness. And unless someone eclipses them, I think that they're more likely to get votes the next year. That's, that's a, that? yeah, that's 100%. I agree with that. Yeah. I think the, the problem with Gobert is that I, I really think Anthony Davis is going to run away with it. Even though Gobert is an excellent defender, he just does not get the kind of love that a Laker gets. Even if he has, even if he had a better year statistically, I think Anthony Davis would win it over him. Do you know if he's gotten paid yet? I don't. I is that this? That's I don't know that that's this year or next year. I think he's up for his his extension this summer. Do you extend him? uh, Do you give him the max if you're the Jazz? Oh God, no, no, no. Yeah. You can't you can't give a five year supermax to a defensive center who can't shoot from five feet. You can't do it. You just can't. Yeah, they they got the the problem with Drummond. Is that yeah. He's a good center, but you can't give him that much money because then he Hell becomes no. a problem for your team. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I have Rudy on your list. Who else do you have on your list? I have Embiid fourth. I also oh, have you're, you're, third and Embiid fourth. Okay, let's hear about think, your take. Embiid is always in the conversation just because he puts up monster block numbers. He is a great, great defender against bigs. Um, He's just a a paint protector and he does it so well. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, his health is always a problem. You're not, you can't give a dude who misses 15 games of a 72 game season Mm -hmm. an award like that. He's got to be healthy the whole year. And I just don't know that I have faith in him to do that. I think that's very, I mean, that's kind of the same argument I had for the uh, MVP. Yeah. It's just, that's why I had him fourth because if he misses those games, you can't, I don't think you can give it to him, but if he's on the floor and he's playing at his peak powers, I, I think there's like an argument to be made that he's the best defensive player in the league. He shuts down everything in the paint. Like he's root. He's, he has the same type of shot blocking potential as Rudy Gobert but he's way quicker than Gobert at the perimeter. Like oh my God, yeah, so quicker. much more mobile. Yeah, so like, 
So I, I, I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made that he could be the best defensive player in the league if he tried. It, it, he drives me crazy because it's all about effort and health with him. Mm-hmm. But he, his raw talent is pretty much unmatched. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just really needs to want it, and I haven't seen him want it yet. It's, yeah. He, he's basically baby Dwight Howard. Yeah, I'm hoping Dwight Howard pushes him. I really, really want Dwight Howard to make him yeah. work his ass off. I, I hope so, too, because that'd be cool. But it'd yeah. be bad for us as Celtics fans, but it'd be nice to see someone reach their full potential. Yeah, I'm a fan of basketball first. I just want to see good basketball. 100%. Um, right. I'm going to talk about Draymond Green for a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need, to, I need to put his name out there for this award because I think he is severely underrated now. I think people think he's kind of a bum because of his performance last year. Like single. The triple single, Charles Barkley, like roasting him all over TNT, right? Uh And I think that's like a common thought about Draymond Green now. Like, oh, he's a guy that just needs Steph and Clay to win. And I don't think people realize how decimated that team was. I mean, that was a G League team out there. Alan Smilagich, like, (laughs) who the hell is that, right? Like, they were putting bums out there. Um, I don't think that was on Draymond Green at all. I give him a total pass for last year. And I think with him being like the Warriors being in the playoff discussion this year, I think he's going to bounce back in a big way. And I think he'll garner some all-star votes. I think he'll be in the defensive player of the year vote again. Um, He's my sleeper for this award. I think if that team does what you think they're going to do and go to the three seed, I think he's going to get, I think he'll probably win the award. Yeah, man, I, I totally overlooked him, and I shouldn't have. Um, he is the heart and soul of their defense, and he's so, so good at it. Yes. Um, it's like I don't blame him for not trying on a team where he wasn't going to put up those numbers anyway. Like, And that's not his skill set is being a good offensive option. Right. So when you don't have guys who are going to shoot the ball well, there's – Excuse me. There's just not a lot of point in him putting up maximum effort. Right. And I think there's also like, I don't know, you you tell me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to defensive player of the year, we seem to see a trend where it's like the guys who focus mainly on defense, get it. Like the players who are offensively gifted are almost like slighted a little bit when it comes to votes I think like people are like oh because they're good like putting up 28 points per game like Anthony Davis I think that takes away from their defensive uh, player of the year votes with Draymond Green he's going to give you like 10 points but then his defense is going to be incredible and it'll average like eight boards and eight assists so I think I think that almost gives him an advantage too yeah that's actually a great point I didn't I think that's the reason why people sleep on Ben Simmons as a defender just because of his skills offensively in transition um, and like his passing skills and everything, people just kind of overlook that aspect, but he is such a better defender than people a lot of times give him credit for. And that's probably because they're too focused on his, what he can't do on offense. What do you think of this player comparison? Draymond green, uh, Ben Simmons is Draymond green on steroids. (laughs) I Draymond Ben Simmons is not as smart of a defender as Draymond Green it's more raw talent yeah yeah I I, that's it's fair Draymond Green shoots like he's got a backpack on but he shoots (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's pretty, a little, they're definitely similar players. Yeah. I think that's actually how the Sixers should probably mold him. I mean, me and you have talked about actually playing him at the four. You can still play the four and handle the ball. Mm. Like your role just changes a little bit. Draymond, obviously he's not going to be like Draymond Green, like kind of sort of stretching the floor. But I mean, you can bring the ball up, facilitate, run the offensive break, like stuff like that and still be the four and defend fours and stuff like that. So I think that's an interesting comparison um but yeah yeah i that's totally a fair comparison ben simmons can be your transition point guard and then your half court power half guard offense power forward i think that would be perfect for them 100 percent. all right rookie of the year time yeah let's dive into rookie of the year so i'll go through my list really quick i have Lamelo ball winning it i have james wiseman second isaac okoro third and denny avdia fourth that's not a bad list. I have LaMelo Ball also winning it, and then James Wiseman also second, and then I have Obi Toppin and Bull Bull. I think Bull Bull's not going to win it. I want him to, but I don't think he's going to. Yeah. The, the problem with Rookie of the Year is you've got to give it to a dude who's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. Yeah. I think that's, that's obviously going to be LaMelo Ball. 100%. And I don't know if you heard, but Gordon Hayward just got diagnosed with an injury today. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. He fractured his pinky finger <laughs> and he just had a surgery for it. So LaMelo will be the number one option for the Hornets in the season, which is just incredible. A rookie getting the reins like that. Yeah, dude, we'll see. I, I'm worried that Terry Rozier is the sort of dude Ooh. who will demand the ball like publicly, yeah. like to his front office, to the coaches, to all that. He'll be like, nah, you can't give this rookie the ball over me. Yeah, he's Terry Rozier as a former Celtic. When we watched him, I mean, he's a guard that he's kind of like the Dame Lillard type. Obviously, they're nowhere near on the same like platform, but they're point guards who look for their shot first and then make a pass like if they need to or if it's wide open. But they're going for their points, like they're going for a bucket. And I think. I think Terry's going to really demand LaMelo passes him the ball so he can like take over games. Yeah. I, I think you're hundred percent right. LaMelo is a pass first guy. Yeah. He's a, I mean, the preseason, he seemed like a pass first and a pass second. He doesn't like yeah. look to score yeah. very often. Yeah. Um, I, I see that happening a lot. I see him being a dude who finishes at the hoop a lot and just gets ridiculous amount of assists. Kind of like John Morant last year only took like one or two threes a game. Yep. I don't think he's going to be chucking up that many threes a game, even though that was his game yeah. in overseas. That was his game yeah. in high school. I just don't see it happening. I don't – yeah, his coaches aren't going to let him. With the consistency he hits them at, mm-hmm. in the NBA, they're not going to play with that. They're, they're going to tell him, hey, buddy, like we love your talent. You're a really good player, but you're not a good three-point shooter. And you shooting these shots is making our team lose or is making our team worse. Yeah. So I think they're going to try to cut that from his game or just improve his shot. I don't know. They'll, they're going to take one or two approaches, but like we were talking about, the usage rate is going to be crazy. His highlights. I mean, if anyone's watched preseason, he's incredible to watch. Amazing passer, man. I'm so much. It's going to be so entertaining. So much fun to watch. So in the rookie of the year vote, highlights stick in your mind more than anything. Um, so I think I think he's almost a lock to win it. I don't know. There could be a sleeper, but 
with LaMelo getting the usage and his highlights, I think it's almost a lock. Yeah, that's totally fair. You have Isaac Okoro third. I, I do. didn't put him on my list. I think he's talented enough, but he is on the Cavs. Like, he put up 18 points in the game winner, and then all anybody would talk about was the fact that LaMelo had, like, three assists. And yeah. one of them was a cool behind the back. Like, it was a great pass, but Isaac yeah. Okoro had a sick game and was just not talked about. I'm assuming that's going to happen all year. Oh, you're muted, boss. Oh, sorry about that. Um, the reason I have Isaac Okoro third is because I've been pleasantly shocked by him and I did not see this coming from anywhere. I think of my Eastern Conference breakdown, I even said his name that he the was worst the worst shooter that could yeah. come from this draft. Yeah, yeah, I remember. The worst shooter in the draft. That's what I said. Just he honestly, I watched his tape in college, I watched all of his draft breakdowns from all the experts, and his shot was broke. It was nasty. But in the preseason, he's looked really confident from three. No hesitation in a shot at all. Just pulled him, mm-hmm. made most of them. And if he plays with that type of confidence throughout the season, the Cavs' biggest need was easily forward. And as of right now, I mean, they have Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Andre Drummond, and Kevin Love. Like, he'll be able to lock down people on the other end of the uh, floor because he was like known as the best defender in the draft and if his offensive game can get him 15 points a game I think he's got to be in the running yeah I think uh he's got to earn a starting spot over I think it's Chetty Osman Chetty Osman I don't know how you pronounce his first name I say Chetty I don't know um I think he's got to earn a starting spot over him but watching him in the preseason makes me think he can yeah with like if you were the coach of that team you're putting Isaac Okoro at starter right just just to give him as many opportunities as I can. Yeah, I probably would. Because it's not but, like the Cavs has a, have a playoff chance this year. Do you think at a talent perspective, though, like not trying to grow him, not trying to develop him, like let's say you were a championship team. Do you put Isaac Okoro or Chetty Osman in first? Um, to start the season, definitely Chetty Osman. Really? You can't say one good preseason game is enough to start this guy i mean unless they see that sort of work consistently in practice yeah um you can't start with that dude that's like a that would be a killer for jetty's confidence not that he's like good enough that that matters yeah um but i don't know i don't see i don't see it happening my thing i i would choose a coro and i think just his defensive presence alone makes him a better player than chetty osman in my opinion like chetty osman a couple years ago, I had huge hopes for him. Obviously, those haven't come true, but he's like Chetty Osman, decent three-point shooter, can handle the ball a little bit. Like he's one of those players that can do everything like okay. Yeah. But Isaac Okoro is a great defender from day one in the NBA. And I think that's more valuable than having like a whole bunch of traits being okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think he's going to earn his spot eventually. I don't think he'll start with the starting spot, but I think he'll earn it eventually. All right, you have James Wiseman second, right? Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about it. I have very high hopes for him. Yes, you do. And I think he provides a lot more than the typical center that the Warriors have. Yeah. Um, Kevon Looney's a pretty solid talent but I think James Wiseman definitely has the chance to do more. 
Yeah. Um, his offensive game stretches out a lot farther than Kevon Looney, than like any of the Warriors, any center the Warriors have had yeah. in the past four or five years. Uh, and if he's hitting threes, if he's hitting like any sort of mid range in threes, yeah. and he's going to get lobs all the time from Steph, I think it's definitely possible. I have a question for you. Yeah. I've seen clips of James Wiseman making some crazy pull-up threes, dribbles between the legs, behind the back, blah, 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 like forward-like stuff. I hate that he takes those shots because they're horrible, horrible shots. Like I'm watching, I see these on highlight tapes, but when I see it in the rhythm of a game and I see these shots and they clank off the backboard, it's just like, you look at it and you're just like, that's such a wasted possession. Do you think that confidence in his like, dribbling ability and pull-up game is like unwarranted and will hurt the Warriors or do you think they're going to minimize his role and just make him a rim runner and lob catcher I think until he can prove consistently that he can do those things at an NBA level they're going to keep a sort of tight leash on him yeah Um, I think he'll be a corner three guy he'll be like a fading away yeah just fading away off to the corners um, and getting open looks I don't think they'll be putting the ball in his hands and expecting him to work. And I'm, I'm glad they're not going to do that because I think, I think that's like that kind of thing. It's like the Kyrie Irving wanting eight post-ups thing. Like it's good that it's good that you have that confidence, but it's delusional. Yeah. Like it's such a bad idea for James Wiseman to like hezzy pull up three from 30. It's Mm. just a horrible idea. So if they can shrink his role, make him really understand like, Hey, you're going to be our lob threat. Like you were saying, just work on your corner threes. Get out there so Steph can throw you the ball. Draymond can give you uh, corner threes in transition. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. Yeah, Steph's kind of Steph's got the kind of gravity that he's always going to have some open teammate to throw it to. Nope. Um, and I think James Wiseman is not going to get the respect from three until he earns it. I think they're going to leave him open until he can prove that he can hit him. I think you're right. And I think something that might be like underrated in this aspect of James Wiseman's rookie of the year case is your take on how good Golden State's going to be. If Golden State ends up being a three seed and he's a big part of that team as a rookie, I think that might shoot him above LaMelo Ball, even even if LaMelo Ball has more highlights and a higher usage rate and better stats. I think people might respect his impact on a winning team more than a rookie having the ball in his hands every play on a horrible team. That's definitely fair. I don't know that I see so much with the rookie of the year that they care about impact. Uh, It's usually just stats, just the numbers. But I think if they do, if they take that into account, he's definitely got the chance to put up such a bigger impact than LaMelo will. Yeah. My, My third pick, Obi Toppin. Obi. He's got the talent for it. I just, yeah. I, he's got to earn minutes over Julius Randle. And yeah. <laughs> Julius Randle, Kevin Knox, I think he can earn minutes over Kevin Knox easy. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but Julius Randle's going to be a tough one just because they've committed to him being their guy. Yeah. How many years does he have on his contract left? Do you know? I'll research it if you don't. Off the top of my head, I think it's two, but I'm not 100% sure. I think he signed research it two years it. ago. Um, but I think he's 100%. He's got the talent to be a rookie of the year. 
I think if he was on a team that really didn't, that had a hole with the forward spot, he would be a lock for rookie of the year. Yeah. It's just that he's got to earn minutes over guys who, how many years? He's got three years, 62 million. Oh no. That's actually not as bad as I thought it was. I thought they were paying, it was still 20 million a year is too much for him, but I thought it was yeah. like 25 or 26. Um, yeah, I just my my issue is there's a hole there there's no hole with the forward spot for him to fill. Yeah. If they could convince a team that Julius Randle is worth taking. Yeah. I don't know how they would do it, but I would hope I I want him to try cuz Obi Toppin deserves minutes. He is so I was watching him in preseason. He is like a really great post player from what I've seen. I know the post isn't as important as it used to be. But it's nice to be able to throw the ball down in the post and get a good efficiency bucket, like yeah. in the as a layup. Like if he spins off or like does a nice little jump hook, like that's such a nice thing to have. And he's ex- he's an explosive athlete. I mean, he dunks all over people. So I I think you're right. He's such an offensive force. If he was on a team that needed a forward, he'd be a lock. Mm-hmm. I can absolutely, if they give him minutes, I can see him being the kind of guy to get lots of offensive rebounds and just put yeah. back some put back dunks, put back floaters. Yeah. His his around the rim game is so solid. And I think he's going to be a highlight reel too. Like we were talking about with Lamelo, I think highlights really stick in the voters' mind. So I mean, I'm you can guarantee at least two or three posters out of this guy in a season. Yeah, one hundred percent. Who is your third pick? Um, third pick was Isaac Okoro, my second right. James Wiseman. So my fourth is Denny Avdia. Now this is a total overreaction to the preseason, but I love I loved the prospect of Denny Avdia coming into the NBA as just a good role player who will play defense and make the right pass. That was my only vision for him coming into this NBA season. But seeing him hit threes and seeing him hit mid-ranges, if his shot is even close to okay, like, because he was abysmal in Israel. I mean, he shot 22% from three. He shot 50% from free throw. It's just garbage. But if he comes into the NBA and he shoots decent percentages, I think he's going to be a high-impact player on a team that will probably be in the playoffs in the East. Yeah, that's that's fair. Watching him not miss a shot in his preseason game gave me a lot of confidence in him, and yeah. it's got to skyrocket his confidence. It's crazy, um, and then it's against Kevin Durant and Kyrie too. Yeah, I think yeah, his little floater, the floater he put up at the end of the buzzer. He's got like a all around really solid game. Fifty percent from the free throw line scares me. Bad because that would make you think that that's a fluke. Right, you can't consistently hit those shots, but. Right. If he can, if he's worked on it since then, which I assume he has, yeah, uh, he's he's got a shot. I don't know that there's a strong three on the Wizards that he'd be fighting for minutes over. Right, that's because I couldn't tell you the Wizards roster. Very true. And so I was also I've been following uh, Denny Avdia for about like a year now since like last last draft. If you guys don't follow um, Mike Schmitz on Twitter, definitely follow Mike Schmitz. He's like the best draft analyst in the game. He's He works for ESPN. And um, <clears throat> Denny Avdia in his last like eight games of the Israeli season after the season was restarted due to COVID, he shot 40% from three and his free throw percentage was bumped by I think like 16, 17 points. 
So that's that was definitely trending up, but I took it as that's only eight games. I can't trust that. But seeing him do that in the preseason, it made me think, oh, this guy hasn't stopped working. He's been in the gym this whole time. He's been improving his shot. And now it's actually come to fruition. Yeah. So it gave me it gave me some uh, hype for Denny Avdia. His shot looked fine. There, I didn't. I had no problems with his shot. Mechanically, it looks great, doesn't it? It's just yeah. like it looks quick. It looks. I don't. I don't know. I, well, I have some practice. And I, yeah. I don't fall. My my fourth yeah. pick, Bull Bull. Yeah. The, so the uh, the Nuggets have a different backup center. I don't remember his name, um, but they were giving him a bunch of minutes. They gave him the starting spot or the 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 backup spot in the preseason. They put oh, okay. in Bull Bull for like garbage minutes in the fourth. Um, but the first half, I don't remember his name. He's a big white dude. Um, <laughs> but I I thought originally shipping out Plumley meant he was immediately going to be a lock for the yeah. the backup center. And it's still possible that he earns that. Um, but just a backup spot's not enough minutes, not a high enough yeah. usage rate. I think he'll be entertaining. I think he'll hit a bunch of threes. Yeah. I think he'll probably get a bunch of blocks. Um, but I don't think he's really got a – he's got a very, very low chance of winning it. Can I ask you about Bull Bull and his ceiling really quick? Because going into that draft, I was dying for the Celtics to pick him up. Like, I wanted them to draft him so bad. I thought he should have gone, like, in the top five just based off of talent purposes, even though foot injuries with over seven footers are, like, historically bad in NBA history. Like, you never want to touch them. Mm-hmm. But – his ability to dribble, pass, shoot, and block shots is—is is it matched in the NBA? Like, I can't think of a player who's kind of like that. I, I have no idea of a player comp for him, um, but he is more than just a tall dude with finesse. He's got like a lot of skill. Yeah, um, you're right. He can dribble pretty well. His passing we saw in the bubble was nice. Yeah. Um, he's got. He just needs to build up some leg muscle i think so yeah. he doesn't get just bullied yeah. he um, does so crazy for a guy that tall to be pushed around so easily it's crazy i mean that's minute dude if you've ever <laughs> yeah. he, he was not a built man yeah, no. um he genetics are working against him but no. he i think he's got the chance to be an nba player for a very long time do you do you what do you think his ceiling is because could it go to all like could you see him reaching all-star or do you think he'll just be a unique role player for the rest of his career i would love to see him be an all-star but i doubt it yeah i i i say it but i think i agree he would need to be in some sort of uh, on some sort of team that starts him and that's offense and defense is schemed around him and then it's possible uh, I think he works very well as a backup center. I think he could be a backup center for a very long time and be a really good one at that. I think he could be the equivalent of like a seven foot three Lou Williams. Like, <laughs> I think you could. <laughs> I think you could bring him off the bench for like spark plug scoring, and then also just have him as a seven foot three guy blocking shots. I think. I think that could be his ceiling. Like maybe a six man of the year winner, but. That's I possible. Know. I think I think that's far more likely than an all star bid. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm super interested to see how his career pans out, though. I'm really rooting for him. Me too, man. I yeah, he fell so low in the draft. I get foot injuries are a big deal, but I I don't know how the Nuggets. Forty six, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think that's I think ridiculous. So. 
what watching I, him in the draft too when they just kept panning over to him when he didn't get picked that was mean yeah that was i, I want to see him do really really well and i think just sitting there watching him you can tell he was like all right whatever team drafts me i'm gonna work my ass off yeah definitely motivated definitely mm-hmm. motivated all right, all right let's go to most improved who do I'm you have confident. Your... i'm oh. confident my top two all right, let's hear your winner. One of the top two are certainly winning it. My one, number one's MPJ. My number two's DeAndre Ayton. Okay. And then sleeper pick, OG Ananobi. Ooh. And then Shea Gilgis Alexander at four. All right. All, all great picks. All great picks. I all. So who do you have winning? You have MPJ winning? Yeah. Okay. My list is DeAndre Ayton winning, Michael Porter Jr., Laurie Markkinen, and then Lonzo Ball. Ooh, Lonzo Ball is a good one. Yeah. All right. So let's go through MPJ first. Why do you think MPJ is going to win this thing? I think he's going to start the season as a starter for the Nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough because I, was he technically a rookie last year? So that's what I think is working against him. So we'll, we'll go into this right now. He technically was a rookie last year because he sat out the entirety of his first year in the league because of injury yeah so last year was the first year he played games oh so then maybe deandre ayton's a better lock i it's they do not give most improved player to uh second year guys even though he played really pretty well in the bubble and you can tell he had so much potential uh, he just didn't put up the kind of numbers to where like you can look at his statistical upgrade and have any idea of how good he was last year right do you think Michael, what, what do you think Michael Porter's stats will look like this year? Like if you could give me points, assists, rebounds, just your predictions on that. Assists like two. Yeah. He's, he, he's he not, not a passer. No, he is not. Um, I think the problem is there's so many guys on that team that can take shots. I think his efficiency is going to be fantastic this year. The looks you watch him. Get. What's that? The looks he's going to get with Jokic as like a passer on that team and Jamal, everyone crashing down on it, it's going to be ridiculous. And you watch him, he takes contested shots with ease. He has a kind of, it's not exactly Kevin Durant, but he fades backwards a little bit. So it's a really tough shot to block. Mm-hmm. Um, and he elevates pretty good too. His, I think his efficiency is going to be crazy. I think he's going to shoot like 38, 39% from three. Um He's not, he doesn't do a lot of finishing around the rim, but he does it pretty well when he does. He's a good rebounder too. I don't think people give him enough credit for his rebounding. He's, he's like, he's willing to go get an offensive board. Offensive board. Yeah. Cause he can get points. Yeah. I see him kind of not put in enough effort defensively getting rebounds. True. True. Um, but he, he can absolutely put up like seven a game, seven boards a game. And then for points, what do you think? Cause he's a it's, it's hard for me just because of how many guys they have that are going to be taking shots. Jamal Murray, I think, with his uh, – how well he did in the playoffs, he's going to yeah. be taking more shots than he took last year. 100%. But I think over 15 is not out of the question. I was just about to say, I think that from anywhere within the range of 15 to 19, I, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get a ridiculous amount of shots, but I think he's going to hit most of the ones he gets. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so my pick is DeAndre Ayton. I think this is a lock. Like I, if I'm in Vegas, I'm putting all my money on this. Um, first, he was suspended for 25 games last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the win total of the Suns is going to jump big time. So I think that's going to tr- contribute to this. And 
even though Chris Paul is on that team, I think the hierarchy goes Devin Booker one, DeAndre eight and two, and Chris Paul three, even though Chris Paul is probably going to have the highest usage rate and will probably run the offense. I think in terms of importance and impact, maybe not impact, but importance is Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and then Chris Paul. I think DeAndre Ayton's a lock to go 20, 10, I don't know, like two. And he'll because his defense is getting better, I think he's going to put a couple blocks up on the board too. I think this is a surefire pick. Yeah. I So the fact that MPJ is a second-year player, I think Ayton's probably a lock for most improved player. The thing is, his uh, defense, he's one of those guys that people – I think he's going to be one of those guys that people just won't attempt a lot of shots around the paint because he's such a presence. Yeah. true. Um, I absolutely think in terms of who's going to get a lot of touches on offense, it's going to be Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul, because I think Chris Paul is going to feed him. Right. Um, He, Chris Paul is not a selfish dude. Um, He is winning first. And I think you get those wins by getting the ball in Aiton's hands, watching him shoot threes from the bubble. The fact that he's a good, free throw shooter already i think he's his all-around game is going to be great this year and seeing him like seeing what we've seen out of chris paul like throughout the his career right like his ability to run the pick and roll is probably unmatched in the league like he's probably one of the best pick and roll point guards in terms of passing out of the pick and roll mm-hmm. um, like he made deandre ayton an all-star like a and help coach deandre ayton on deep uh, sorry deandre jordan, jordan on uh, defense to make him an all defensive player. So it's like, if he can bring that to DeAndre Ayton and help him with finishing around the rim or three point shooting or defense, any of those categories, if DeAndre Ayton takes another step forward, I think he'll probably be an all-star too. Um, I, that's, I think it's totally fair. Yeah, I think, I think it's like a perfect pick for most improved. I think even if Chris Paul wasn't on that team, he would have been a good choice for most improved player. But Chris Paul is yeah. such a good yeah. leader. He's just going to raise the floor of all of those guys. I, think that I don't know if you saw him. it. I don't know if you saw it, but Chris Paul was already yelling at him about yeah. his defensive rotations. Like that is perfect. That's what we need to see. Yeah. If DeAndre Ayton learns that stuff, he's going to be such a good defensive player just because of his physical traits alone i mean mm-hmm. he's one of the most physical imposing players in the league he's like seven one two freaking 60 or something like yeah dude he came into the league a grown-ass man yeah he, he was ripped so uh yeah i think i think he's just gonna be a beast this year yeah i think that's 100 he's probably a lock i think og ananobi is a sleeper pick i love that you put it. that's such a cool pick i want to hear about this so i I've been following the Raptors. I thought the Raptors were going to stay pretty good just because Nick Nurse is such a good coach. Yeah. Um, last year, I thought they were going to stay pretty good even without Kawhi. And everybody, if you follow Raptors Twitter, if you follow Raptors subreddits, everybody thought last year was going to be OG's year yeah. to win most improved player. And it wasn't. Mm-mm. Watching him in preseason, he's been really good. Yeah. And... I think he can, if they bump up his minutes a little bit, I think the numbers are going to follow. Do you think he could take a Pascal Siakam type leap where it's like, oh, he's just like a nice athletic guy. And then all of a sudden you see him put all of his game together and like potentially be an all-star in the East. I I think so. Honestly, Uh, I'm very low on Pascal Siakam. 
So I think if they stop running the offense through him so much and run it through OG, I think OG has a higher offensive potential than Pascal does. A hundred percent agree. I mean, OG is just flat out a better shooter than Siakam. Like just, it's not close. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that the, that he has that threat from the outside already gives him a better, maybe not a better offensive game than Siakam, but I mean, they're comparable like in terms of offensive like skill yeah and then defensively defensively OG's a dog like he locks up I love watching him play defense so yeah I think defense doesn't always factor into these awards but it should (laughs) it should absolutely could defense wins championships 100% um I I love that you put him on that list that is such a good pick Mm -hmm. oh yeah so but that do you think most improved? I mean, we just saw Brandon Ingram win the award and the Pelicans were trash. Do, do you think team record helps with the award winnings or does it really just count as like, oh, my stats went up. Give me a, the, give me the award. I think it adds a little bit. Um, when okay. you look at like Pascal winning, I know Kawhi was on the team, but yeah. that team was pretty solid. And I think that only helps the better your team is. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, I don't know who else would have won it last year over Brandon Ingram, but his bam was bio. so noticeable. Oh, Bam, yeah. It was him and – it was Brandon Ingram and Bam neck and neck, and uh, Ingram ended up winning it, which was yeah. fine with me, but – Again, defense. Bam yeah. Bam provides so much more on defense, and they just yeah. overlook it. Yeah, that's true. I think he's – Bam's lost his window. He was That was a huge jump he made last year. Yeah, yeah he's uh, not – I think he's lost his window to win it. All right. Um, my third pick is Lori Marketing. We've already spoke about him a little bit in the Eastern Conference uh, breakdown, but I just think he's going to take a huge leap with Jim Boylan being gone. I mean, me and you have already trashed on Jim Boylan, but yeah. I need to make this. I need to make this apparent to all of our listeners. Jim Boylan is probably one of the worst NBA coaches in NBA history. I mean, the dude was a dunce. He should not have gotten the job. I don't know how he got the job, but. Lori Marketing's role was somehow turned into being an offensive rebounder and an outlet passer. I've never heard anything so stupid in my life. He's one of the most offensive gifted, offensively gifted players over seven feet. I mean, the dude, he can shoot from anywhere. He's got a nice little post fade. Um, he's athletic. He's like sneaky athletic. I mean, he can dunk all over you. Mm-hmm. We saw it in his rookie year. He is not afraid to go into the hole and just drop it on your head. So I think he's going to take a huge leap. Um, Yeah, I'm just super excited to see him with a new coach. I actually thought he would be the most improved player last year. Um, I I couldn't have known Jim Boylan would be as (laughs) dog shit as he was. Um, But it's it's tough that he's gone down. He went down from the year before. Um, I don't know if he'll get enough credit when he makes the leap we both expect him to make just because like two years ago he was putting up pretty good numbers right do you think because his stock is pretty low right now that if he does make the jump that will like help the votes because I think it will just because people's perception of him is so dog poop right now that I think think I, I think people see him as the guy who should have been I think people could have viewed him as like an all-star caliber player by now, but yeah, he's, he's not really close to that. And it's clear, like in me and your opinion, it's because Jim Boylan was there, but I mean, 
some people are just going to say like, oh, he didn't reach it. Like that's his. Yeah. 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 That's, that's true. I think if you listen to bulls fans, they understand how much his potential was wasted, but I'm sure the general public doesn't watch enough bulls games. Um, to, to know, but yeah, I think seeing just the fact that it was so low last year does help him a little, may help him a little bit. I also think one more thing before we move on from Laurie is his health he's one of those guys that will miss just 20 games out of nowhere. He'll just disappear for a 20 game stretch. And you'll be like, what the hell happened to him? Like, did he break his foot? Did he hurt his hand? It's just like little knickknack injuries. And then he'll just miss a huge chunk of games. Um, He's got to stay on the court if he wants a shot at this award. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Who's your fourth pick? Lonzo ball. Yeah. Oh, he's my fourth, but I do have hope that he's going to be in this conversation. Because I think this is what I wrote down in my notes with an improved jump shot in his like unique passing ability and a team that's just going to produce highlights all over the place. I think he has a shot. If we have Zion the full season, I think you can add another two, like two assists to Lonzo's totals because you know, those lobs are just going to go flying up. Mm -hmm. Um, Lonzo also could pass to Steven Adams. He could pass to Brandon Ingram. I mean, there's a ton of talent on that team it's just like their record won't be good because of how the team's constructed. But like in terms of assist numbers, I think Lonzo could go crazy this year. And I think he could probably put up 15 points a game if that, if that jump shot stays consistent. And if he hits it from a good clip, like 37, 38%, like he was doing last year, I think he has a shot at the award. Yeah, I have SGA at my fourth, but I think I just didn't think about Lonzo. I think he's absolutely got a bigger chance than SGA does. Really? I Why? Um, Because his Lonzo's problem last year was not that he wasn't talented enough to score. It was just that he was too scared to drive to the hoop. And that limited his numbers so much. He was pretty bad in the bubble, to be honest. Um, Awful. But right before the bubble, he was putting up triple doubles like every other game. Yeah, that's why I'm like not taking the bubble into consideration because the bubble was a weird environment. It looked like the Pelicans just gave up on Alvin Gentry. Um, But I mean, before the bubble, Lonzo was killing it. Yeah, he was finally finding his aggression. Um, I think, yeah, he absolutely has a really solid chance. The problem with SGA was he put up really good numbers last year. Yeah, 20 points per game is not bad. I, I expect his percentages to go up, but I only expect him to get to like maybe 24 points a game. Um, whereas Lonzo's jump is going to be so much more noticeable on the stat sheet and just watching him run the offense. Yeah. You can tell it makes the team better. Yeah. Like, I know we spoke about it in our Western conference breakdown. Like who would you rather have on the court? Like Lonzo or Eric Bledsoe? Mm-hmm. I've made up my mind. Lonzo. Lonzo should, yeah. Lonzo should be playing. Um, Lonzo's a great defender, way better passer than Eric Bledsoe. And even though you were speaking about his confidence and driving to the hoop and stuff like that, I still think he needs to work on that a little bit because his finishing numbers are not great. But if he gains any semblance of confidence of going into the rack and going to the free throw line and hit, maybe he, if he could get his free throw percentage to 70, that would change his game so dramatically. Um, yeah, I, I just have a lot of hope for him. But SGA is a really good pick too, though. You got to think that that's what Lonzo spent his offseason working on. If he spent it working on anything, his 
he doesn't finish at the hoop very well because he's scared of getting fouled. Yes. Um, and if yeah. he's just not scared of getting fouls and he goes to the free throw line, yeah, even 70% isn't great, but it's so much better than like 40 something. It's so bad, dude. Yeah. He is, uh, he is unbelievably terrible from the free throw line. It's, it's horrible. I don't get it. I, I mean, well, I do get it because he has a funky shot for him. Like he's figuring it out from three, but from the free throw line, if you still watch it, it looks like uncomfortable to him. Like, it still looks like a hitch or something. Mm. I don't really know how to explain it. But, yeah, if he can work on finishing, like, if he could take a note out of his younger brother's book with the, like, um, I forget the word, but using both hands to finish. Amp- yeah. Yes. If he, could, if he could finish ambidextrously and use both hands left and right, I think that would help his finishing way more. And he looks, it maybe would stop him from being so scared going to the cup. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in New Orleans development, yeah. player development coaches. Yeah. Just watching what they did to Brandon Ingram and Lonzo's shot, I have the fullest amount of confidence that they'll be able to fix his free throw shot if he's committed to it. 100%. Let's hear about Shea. I, I need to hear this. I, my, my take is just George Hill is not going to last on that team. Mm-mm. Trevor Rees is not going to last on that team. Nope. Um, so your number one option – and your number two option is going to be Shea. Like yep. maybe Darius Baz- Baisley gets minutes, um, but Shea is just going to control that offense 100% of the time. Yes, sir. And I expect his shot attempts per game to go up. Um, he's not taking a lot of threes because his no. three-point shot isn't great. But no, it's a set shot too. It's a set shot. Yeah. If he gets just marginally better at that, yeah. Um, and I, I can see him going from like 20 points per game to like 25. Woo! So what do you, what could you predict his stat line being? Do you like, do you see foresee like 25, five and five? I can see that happening for Rip. this season, just cause there's no other options. Um, I, I can definitely see it. I think his, his usage rate is going to be a lot higher this year than it was last year. Yeah. I don't know that it's, I don't think it's going to translate to winning basketball at all, but I think no. he's going to get a lot, a lot of shots. I think you're right. There's a part of me that's like, I don't know what side to believe on this part of Shea because it's like one perspective could be, okay, all of his good teammates are gone. Now everyone can key in on him defensively and just take away his good shots and he's not going to be as efficient from three and from the uh, field goal, like just true. Your normal two point shots. But another part of me thinks he might just go Trey young this year and just take every single shot, just boost his stats to all hell. And his team's going to suck. And then he, he might even make an all-star appearance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So he took, yeah, he didn't take, he, I'm trying to find his stats, 15 shots a game, 14 and a half shots a game. Yeah. I can see that going up to 19 yeah maybe even 20 21 like who else is taking shots i mean al horford's on that team he doesn't like scoring that much darius Baisley will be in his second year like i I like him a lot but i don't see him taking a bunch of shots this year so yeah they're they don't have a guy who's nearly as good as sga is offensively al horford you're right is not uh, that eager to take lots of shots maybe he will be to try to get teams to want to trade for him but I think teams wanting to trade for him is over. I think with his contract, contract is radioactive. Yeah. yeah, with that contract, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. All right, let's move on to six man. All right, let's do it. 
my I only have three for this one. I couldn't think of a fourth. Right. Um, my I think we may have similar threes. I'll be surprised if you have anything much different. I have Dennis Schroeder winning it. And then I have Jordan Clarkson as my number two and Dinwiddie as my number three. All very solid picks, all similar players too. Mm-hmm. So I have Jordan Clarkson winning it. I have Brandon Clark from the Grizzlies mm-hmm. coming in second. And then I have Lou Williams coming in third. Yeah, I guess Lou Williams is always in the conversation. Yeah, I put him there almost out of respect, just like because of his legacy. It's his award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fair. I think um, Dennis Schroeder and Montrez, if they are, well, is Montrez a starter? This See, that's why I didn't put Schroeder on the list, because I can't tell what they're going to do with him. Like, are they going to play him next to LeBron? Are they going to take him off the bench? I don't really understand what's going on with the lineup. So the most effective Lakers lineup, in my opinion, has AD at the center, but he doesn't yeah. like being a center. What does that even mean, though? You saw how dominant it was in the playoffs. Like, is he just going to say, no, I don't want to do that again? Probably during the regular season. They're going to keep crazy. getting wins. That's crazy. Yeah, I, he just doesn't want to spend his time, uh, use up all his energy on defense, just like dealing with big bodies in the post. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's just weird. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's tough when you have two six men on your team for one of them to win it. Um, but that was kind of the case last year. Yeah. With the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think Jordan Clarkson is a good one. He's, he's my number two. You don't even have the jazz making the playoffs, but you don't really need to when you, the six man of the year is not about team success. Not at all. Um, with Jordan Clarkson, I think he's literally baby Lou Williams. Uh, Um, he comes off the bench gives you close to 20 points per game, but he is dog shit at defense. Like does not help your team at all defensively, but sometimes he outscores how many points he gives up. So it like, doesn't really matter. I, I think he's basically baby Lou Williams. I think he's a slightly better defensive player than Lou Williams. Um, I don't know that that says a lot because Lou Williams is a liability on defense. Yeah, it definitely doesn't um, say a lot. I think Jordan Clarkson's just kind of neutral on defense. Um, he's not someone you ever look to to lock up a guy, oh, but no. he's not going to fall asleep on defense, and he's not someone you can just, like, pick on if you're a one or two. You don't think really so? Good. I mean, unless you're really good. The fact that he's a six man, he's not going to – you're not going to beat him with your bench guys. Okay, that's a good point. But if you have him on the floor with starting players on the opposite team – you know you can get your points easy come, easy go with Jordan Clarkson defending you, in my opinion. I don't know. That's fair. I I, um, I, th- I mean, he's – yeah. So, I think he is better than Lou Will, but that isn't saying much at all. I really don't right. like Lou Will's defense. Um, but, yeah, he is, like, not great. <laughs> not good. And um, who do you have – you have – Dinwiddie. Okay, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, yeah. okay. I think I, – I mean, there's a, there's a chance they trade him. Yeah. At the trade deadline, I kind of expect that to happen. But if they don't, he is their sixth man. Yep. Um, and he – I think if you swap him and Kyrie, that team still performs really well. Like when Kyrie yeah. goes to the bench, I think Dinwiddie's still going to be really good. 100%. I'm just worried about the number of minutes they're going to give him. Yeah. Because if they're – if the Nets are winning lots and lots of games, I think Kyrie's going to get a lot more minutes. Um, probably yeah. like – 30 to 32 a game yeah 
and that limits how much Dinwiddie can really do. Something I think is like, I, I didn't put him on my list, but now that you're saying it, I'm starting to realize like Kyrie just came off like a season ending surgery last year and they're probably going to load manage him a little bit. So I think there are going to be some games where uh, Spencer Dinwiddie puts up crazy points. They'll probably start the game with him. And um, I, I think his points per game average is going to be pretty high this year. So I, I think, I think that's a really good pick. I think he'll definitely be in the consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a reason I put him third. I think he'll be in the consideration, but I don't, yeah. um, it's not likely he'll win it. All right. I have Brandon Clark coming in second. Uh, this is like a sneaky pick. I think he's kind of a sleeper, but I just love his game. Um, he's from the Grizzlies. He's a power forward. And I just think with John Morant and him, they're both super freakishly athletic. And I think Jaron Jackson's going to miss some time um, at the beginning of the season because of the injury out in the bubble. I'm not sure how much time he's going to miss, but I, I think he's going to miss a pretty significant time. So I think Brandon Clark's going to like start the first portion of the year, but then be relegated to the bench. So his numbers will be inflated by the time he starts. And I think like just a pure talent off the bench, he's one of the best bench guys in the league. I mean, he's so good. Like he's just good at everything. Like transition, good. Passing, good. Athleticism is crazy. Three-point shooting, good. I just think he's such a well-rounded player and like any GM would want him on their team. I think his production is going to be pretty good off the bench with an exciting young Memphis team. I think he's going to get some votes. Yeah. I, I didn't even think of Brandon Clark, but I think that's definitely possible, especially because there's still a pretty solid chance that Jaron Jackson jr. Hasn't figured out how to stop fouling people. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that'll just give Brandon Clark more minutes. Yeah. And he, he excels in every single minute he's given dude works a hundred percent at all times. Yeah. I can't believe they snagged him where they did in the draft. Um, they killed that draft. Memphis has got a bright future. Those those young players they got there are so good already. 100%. So young. That's going to be an exciting team in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Who were your other options? Um, I had Lou Will. All right. And basically my reasoning for that is he's the Jamal Crawford of like this era. I mean, the dudes won it, I think, three times, right? Mm-hmm. Three or four? I think so. Um, At least three he he's just you know you're gonna get a consistent like 17 points from him off the bench he's aging like fine wine I mean he's he's still able to give you the points and I think the rate like how there's no physicality in the league helps him a lot because with that frame I mean if there was any physicality he would be thrown around like a rag doll but he's a decent shooter he's got a great handle he's good at the pick and roll and I think those three things just give him the numbers he needs to be in the conversation every year. So I had to throw him in there. I think it's possible, especially without Trez on their bench. I think there's a chance his shots per game goes up. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely in the running. He's yeah. He's always in the running. Yeah. So that was basically a respect throw in. So yeah, I think he'll be in there for sure. That's fair. All right. Coach of the year. Yeah. Coach of the year. Who do you got? My number one option is Rick Carlisle. Ooh, okay. Mavs. Yeah. And then number two, I got Doc Rivers. Number okay. three, Monty Williams. No freaking way. All right. We have the same three coaches, but in different orders. All right. So you have Rick Carlisle winning it? Yeah. All right. Let's hear it. I think 
the Mavericks have so it's the similar to the reason I gave Luca the MVP. Yeah. Um, I think they just have a potential to be a top three seed in the West. Yeah. I, I don't. It may not be like a great chance, but I think it's absolutely possible. And if they do, that's usually who the coach of the year goes to is the team that does better than everybody is expecting them to do. Um, and people may expecting the, may be expecting the Mavs to do well, but I think they yeah. need to be in like the top three for him to win it. Right. Um, I had Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle on my list for the same reasons, but like I was talking about earlier with our MVP picks, I just can't see Porzingis staying healthy for an entire season. I, I want it to happen so bad, but I just, I, I don't see how it happens. He hasn't given us any proof that he can stay healthy for a whole season. So I'm just going to take caution with my picks and say he's probably in third place to win it. Um, I have Doc Rivers winning it. I think the Sixers being the sixth seed last year was ridiculous. I mean, the talent they have on that team is so much better than a sixth seed in the West. Um, I think, and my prediction is they're going to be the two seed in the East. With that type of jump, and I'm assuming like 10 plus wins added to their record, I think I think they, he's got to win it with that type of jump in record and seed, like seed placing in the East. Yeah. I think doc rivers is definitely a fair choice uh, for winning it. Just, yeah. The, the fact that they were the six seed last year, they yeah. have to make a big jump this year. There's no way they end up towards the bottom four of the playoffs. And I think we're about to see the difference in coaching levels between Brett Brown and doc rivers. Yeah. Brett Brown he was there for the uh, tanking era for the process. I think he was kind of put there as a figurehead to just kind of endure all the losing. I don't think he was put there to win. Clearly not because they hired him to lose. Mm -hmm. um, Doc Rivers was hired to win. And I think even though Doc Rivers stock has never been lower, I think he's still a serviceable NBA coach. And with talent like that, I, I think they're going to take a big jump. So yeah. I that, so I put him second just because his stock is so low and I don't believe in him. But yeah. he, he is such a better coach than Brett Brown. So it's Even not, if I don't trust him in the playoffs, he yeah. is a far better regular season coach than Brett Brown. Yeah. I think if there is a chance, I think there's a chance that Ben Simmons shoots from outside the restricted area this year. Uh oh, I'm, here we go. I'm not expecting three pointers. Okay. If he, uh, if he averages even one a game, I will be shocked. Do you think it happens? <laughs> I, I expect it to be more than like, what did he take, 17 last year? Yeah, I think so. I expect at least double that. Okay, that's fair. Um, but he took so many less mid-range shots last year than he did the year before. Um, and it's not like it's a his game is terrible from the mid-range. His shot's just ugly. It is. Um, I think Doc Rivers is a coach that can force him to take those. I think so too. So, yeah, I think even though Doc is like perceived by the general public right now as like kind of a bum just because he's blown the most 3-1 leads in NBA history as a coach and like this seems to keep happening with him, I think to the players, I think players really like Doc Rivers and I think they respect him. I think after a couple of years it wears off, but like we've seen doc come into situations and immediately make teams better. 
So I, I think that's what he's going to do with the Sixers this year. Yeah, if you're not Paul George, players really like if, him. If you're not Paul George, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Brett Brown is a really good player coach, but he definitely yeah. didn't command any sort of respect. I think Doc commands a lot more respect. Yeah, we heard Jimmy Butler talk about it. I mean, him and Brett Brown, he was like, where's the accountability on this team? He, he came into the locker room and saw everyone doing whatever the hell they wanted. And I think Brett Brown played a huge part in why Joel Embiid is the way Joel Embiid is. I lack mean, of effort. Yeah, I mean, Joel Embiid shows up to the seasons like 30 pounds overweight and like doesn't care, doesn't try. It's like, where did he learn that? Because he was a guy who worked on his craft like crazy at Kansas. I I think it stems from Brett Brown. Hopefully I'm right and Doc Rivers can change that, but we'll see. I think it's really, really possible. So does that mean you have Monty Williams at number two? I have Monty Williams at number two, yeah. Talk about that. I think I think the the jump the Suns are about to take with the addition of Chris Paul and how efficient of an offense they're going to be with him running it, I think they're going to be one. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Two, I have them at seed number six or five. I think six. Mm-hmm. Um, and from missing the playoffs, I think the last like eight years, I think this is going to be a huge, huge, huge um, goal for them to hit. And I think the media is really going to like respect Monty Williams. And we heard great things about Monty Williams last year, even when they were losing, like the players love him. They actually respect him. They came out of the gate. Okay. With Monty Williams. I think they started off the season. All right. And then it just went to garbage. Mm. But, um, and with Deandre Ayton back, like we were talking about, he's pretty much a lock to win most improved. I think Monty Williams is a pretty safe pick. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely at number two, I think he's not a bad pick whatsoever. I I'm I put him at number three just because I don't think he'll get the kind of credit that he deserves. Their offense was much better than that was when they had their last coach. I don't remember his name, but he only lasted. It was Luca. It was Luca's coach and freaking wherever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He just he wasn't cut out for the NBA or the Suns didn't care. Mix of the two. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but Monty Williams was a pretty pretty serviceable coach last year yeah and i think they're yeah with the jump the suns are about to take there's a big chance he wins it or he'll and, just put his name in the conversation at least yeah and chris paul has talked about it to the media he respects the hell out of monty williams like monty williams if you guys didn't know previously coached chris paul in new orleans um he used to he, he was talking about like he loves the plays monty williams runs and like has extreme respect for him and stuff like that and i think monty williams just brings a culture to a team that desperately needs culture. I think the Suns have been so garbage for so long with one of the worst owners in the league. I think if you bring a stable like figurehead into that organization, like Monty Williams, who's a respected guy throughout the league, I think he's going to make the team better. And I think the win total is going to show that this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool that Monty Williams and, <clears throat> and CP reunited. The yeah. fact that they, the last time they played together was 10 years ago, and then they're still at it, I think is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty awesome reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, executive of the year. Do you want to go through this one? Um, we can just go through it quickly. I think Rob Palenka is the shoe in Yeah, same. Yeah. Don Nelson is the executive Mavs and the executive Bucks I have at number three just because they were actually able to keep Giannis and they got Drew. And I yeah. expect them to make a finals push this year. 
super fair. Um, honestly, the only executive of the year pick I have is Rob Polinka. I don't think it's close. I think with the free agent acquisitions he made this year, that trade um, for Dennis Schroeder, in my opinion, was like highway robbery. I, I don't know how he got that, um, but that was a great trade for Rob Polinka. Definitely like upgrading the point guard spot for them. And then to get Montrez, who his stock is really low right now too, after just being in the torture chamber with Nikola Jokic. I mean, he just got dominated in the bubble Mm -hmm. and his offensive efficiency went down so bad Um, to pick him up. I think he's actually going to revitalize Montrez a little bit. So I think with Montrez's bounce back here and Dennis Schroeder playing a big role, I think he's a shoe win. Yeah. Yeah. Signing Trez, getting him to leave the Clippers for the Lakers. That was major. Schroeder, yeah, Schroeder was an excellent trade. Uh, Rob Palenka does a great job. And it's so funny because, I mean, all of us remember the fiasco between Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka a few years back when LeBron had first gotten there. Uh, Magic Johnson going on first take, calling him a snake, like a coward and stuff like that. It was just ridiculous. And Rob Palenka has garnered so much respect in the last two years, like from getting Anthony Davis, people – thought like they gave too much in the trade which is probably true but you give whatever you need to give to get Anthony Davis on your team you I mean you don't pull punches when you're getting a player like that um I think he's kind of like switched the perception of him after Magic Johnson just trashed him yeah 100% and I expect the Lakers to be just as successful as they were last year and that's only going to help him 100% all right let's go through finals matchup finals winner and uh the finals MVP my, uh, I don't, I want to believe in my pick <laughs> really, really hard. I want to believe my championship. I have Lakers versus Bucks. I think this is the year I actually, with Giannis signing the contract that he did yep. I'm a little less certain of them oh. than I was before, just because I thought there was a chance that the, the front office would work overtime to get an extra piece to put around Giannis for this year because this had to be the year. But now that he signed the extension, this doesn't have to be the year. I think he still wants it to be, obviously. But I'm less certain now than I was a week ago. That's Um, a super interesting perspective on it. But I – so I expect Lakers versus Bucks, and I think the Bucks are going to win it. I I want this to be the year for the Bucks. Wow. With the Lakers winning it. That's Giannis win the finals MVP. Wow. That's such uh, I need to hear more. All right. So you give me the reasons why you think the Bucks could beat the Lakers in a in a finals. Um, so it's it's the question mark is who on the Bucks has the talent to stop Anthony Davis? Yep. Um, does Giannis guard A D or does he guard LeBron? I think he guards A D. I think yeah. you. I think there's a chance that they pick up like a Trevor Ariza. Um, not yeah. that Trevor Ariza can lock down LeBron, but you just need big bodies to throw at him. Yeah. There is nobody that can lock down LeBron in the playoffs. Do you think you put Drew Holiday on LeBron just to force ball pressure and get the ball out of his hands, or do you do you think that's not worth it? I think in the. I think unless he's in the post, in the post you try to switch off LeBron. But yeah. if he's around the three-point line, Drew Holiday can defend him as well as anybody, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know who guards Drew on the Lakers. 
That's that's a good point because the Lakers did lose Avery Bradley. People aren't talking about that as much as I feel like they should. I mean, he's a nice defensive piece. Um, Dennis Roeder can't guard anyone. Um, you're not going to put LeBron on him. Obviously, you need to save LeBron for offense. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure either. Is Middleton – Middleton's not good enough to guard LeBron. No. But I think the offensive talent they bring – is more than what the the backup crew to the Lakers brings. I don't know who guards Chris Middleton. LeBron's got a pick. LeBron probably guards Chris Middleton and AD maybe guards yeah. Giannis. Yeah. Um, but if AD's playing the center, which he usually does in the playoffs, yeah, they're going to have weird matchups. I, th- they- I think, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I think they probably just put AD on Brooke Lopez to just like literally not do anything. Yeah, save his energy. Smart. Yeah, I, I don't LeBron know. On You're making me think about it a little more. I just think I, I'm so – I've been so turned off by Giannis's two playoff performances the last two years. I'm, like, scared to take the same pick as you, but I'd love to see Giannis bring a championship to Milwaukee. That would be sick. I think the reason – I think the fact that they picked up Drew Holiday helps out Giannis so much. The fact that they have another really yeah. good offensive player that they can turn to when Chris Middleton has his dud nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll get him at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it can get him through to the finals and get a win. I, I respect all those points. Those are all really good points. Um, I went with Lakers and Nets. I think the Lakers are like, I don't see how anyone could really beat them. I really don't. No, barring injury, there's no way. I don't see it. I mean, the Clippers, right? Like the Clippers are the team that we all thought was going to win last year, right? Mm -hmm. And they couldn't beat the Nuggets. Like all respect to the Nuggets, the Nuggets were not even close to the same page as the Lakers. They just weren't. No, no. I mean, the games, each game was kind of close. If AD doesn't hit that game winner, it's a different story. But the Lakers still win. But, like, when we were watching those games and it was, like, Nuggets up five with three minutes to go, did you ever think the Nuggets were going to win? No confidence whatsoever. That's what I'm saying, like – I think that's less a statement about the Nuggets and more about how you can never count out LeBron in any situation. Exactly. And that's what I was saying. All respect to the Nuggets. Like they, they were an incredible team last year. They did a great job, but the Lakers are just a different beast. Like they have the best player on the planet and another top five player. So it's like with those two on the court at the same time in crunch time, it's hard to pick against them. I don't, how do you think the Lakers and Clippers stack up against each other this year? I have the Lakers win. I, the, the problem is the Lakers all like each other. Yeah. Um, and there's no respect towards Paul George, it seems. He's, Kawhi he... doesn't, Kawhi outwardly doesn't like Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll cause problems. Is and, it? Yeah. Other than that, I just, the Lakers chemistry is too good. I think they beat every team. It's, it's such a funny thing. Cause like the Clippers were the on paper team, right? Like on paper, you look at the match, you're like, oh my God, Kawhi, like one of the best defensive forwards ever, maybe the best defensive player ever, right? You have Paul George, oh my gosh, like he was in the defensive player of the year running, like one of the best on-ball defenders. He can shoot the MVP voting. You're right, right? Like you have these two 
juggernaut defensive wings who also average over 25 points per game on the same team. And then the Lakers, you have like LeBron and AD. And at the time we viewed them as bums pretty much. We were like, that's not a great roster they have around them, but chemistry, it just pushed it over. Like they exceeded what we all thought they could do. Yeah. The thing that that comes down to, in my opinion, is that LeBron James is the biggest floor raiser in the NBA. For when it's, he makes everybody he plays with look great. Way better. And he uplifts them the whole time. He believes in all his guys. Yeah. Kawhi just shows up and plays basketball. And I don't know how much you've read about it, but I'm sure you've heard about it. The like expose that came out on the Clippers locker room chemistry with Kawhi living in San Diego and showing up late to practice. Like Kawhi's my favorite player in the league. But when I read that, I lost some respect for the dude. Because, yeah. I mean, me and you have been on team sports. Like, why is his time more important than his teammates? It just... Yeah. When you're, when you're going for a championship, you have to be all in. And they were so, so cocky. Um, I ridiculous. think this year is going to be a little different. But they, got humbled. they got humbled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem is you still, there's, there's no, Serge Ibaka, I think, is probably the leader on that team now. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. They didn't have one before. Paul George can't, has no accountability. God, no. Um, and he's just not a leader. Kawhi isn't a leader. Kawhi's an excellent, excellent basketball player that just plays basketball really well. He doesn't uplift his guys. Uh, yeah, I was listening to some. I was listening to Bill Simmons the other day, and he was saying all Kawhi had to do is show up and play basketball. Like all he had, like he did the worst possible things he could have done. And it ruined the team's chemistry. Mm. He was that guy who like shows up late to practice and like takes a private plane to the games. Like all he had to do was shut up, which he does. He never talks and fit in and he ruined it. Put it's in no like, effort to fit in. No effort. And it's, yeah. it's just tough. It's like, it's hard to choose that team after what we saw last year. Yeah. Um, so I have the oh. Lakers making the Western, uh, the finals. And then from the East, it's pretty obvious. I'm riding hard with the Nets this year. I think the Nets beat the Lakers in the finals and Kevin Durant is the finals MVP. If the Bucks lose out to the Nets, I would love to see that. I'd yeah. love to see it so much. I mean, so let's, let's talk about the Bucks uh, Nets matchup a little bit. Cause we spoke about it briefly on the Eastern conference. Um, what do you, what do you think about that matchup? So I, I think it's, pretty good for the bucks i think my it's Kyrie is unstoppable in a certain like that you can't fully stop him you're never gonna shut him down unless he plays for the celtics and he goes four for 18 or whatever how you went yeah um when he wants to win games you're not gonna stop him nope um but drew holiday can lock him down as well as anybody in the nba can yeah uh, and then Giannis on KD. KD is going to hit threes over him. He's going to drive past him. But Giannis can bully KD if that's who they put on him uh, offensively. They may do the thing that every team does in the playoffs and just double him all the time. Yeah. But then he's got open shooters. Right. I see. I, I, this is, to me, it just comes down to star power, right? Like 
I'm taking KD over Giannis literally any day. Like no matter what state, like even if KD is coming off injury and he's 90% of what he was, I'm taking KD. Mm. And then I'm taking Kyrie over Drew Holiday any day in a heartbeat. So like, I just have more faith in the stars and of the Nets than the stars of the Bucks. And I don't know, like in terms of third options, like, is Joe Harris so far off from Chris Middleton? Oh, I think Karis Levert's their third option offensively. Oh, so, yeah, you're, you're so right. All right, so let's... But they are they are certainly comparable. So here's what I'm thinking. Um, I think if you're a betting man, you bet on the Nets to beat the Bucks. Right. Um, I want the Bucks to win, so that's why I said they will. Okay. <laughs> but I think the fact that KD and Kyrie both have championship experience... Yeah, And the fact that Giannis keeps having duds and Drew Holiday hasn't made it to the playoffs and Chris Middleton keeps not showing up, yeah. I think that really does hurt them. Yeah. But I think this could be the year for them to get over that hump. That it clicks. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, it, those, those are good reasons. I uh, cannot really fault you on that. Um, but I have the Nets passing the Bucks and heading to the finals. And then in terms of Lakers – uh, Nets. I, I think this is like an incredible battle. Like this, just like, in my opinion, the two best players in the league, KD and LeBron facing head to head. Um, and this, this time it's more of an equal playing field, right? Like KD doesn't have Steph, Clay, Draymond, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's easier to root for Kevin Durant in this one. It's yeah. not like, Oh, here we go again. You know what I mean? Um, but I just think the Nets have such a loaded offensive roster. I don't know how you're going to stop it. It's similar to Golden State as in like one night, like let's say Kyrie goes like four for 18, like you were talking about. Joe Harris might go eight for 10 from three. Mm. You know what I mean? Karis LeVert might have 30 points. They just have these guys who can just get a bucket. Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. Like you, you have so many guys who can just explode for 20 points, 30 points. And I just think that depth of scoring that they have will overtake the defensive like chemistry and IQ that the Lakers have. Yeah. I think if it's Lakers versus Nets, that is an amazing series. Oh my God. Um, it's going to be so fun. The just even narrative wise, Kyrie going up against LeBron like going from teammates to battling each other, KD making his way back to the playoffs on a new team. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, and you're totally right. They have so many guys on their team. I didn't like the DeAndre Jordan signing when it happened, yeah. only because I really like Jared Allen and I yeah. felt like he deserved a starting spot. But if he's your backup center and Dinwiddie's your backup point guard, that's just there's so much talent on that team. Yeah. And we spoke about Tori and Prince's on that team too. I mean, like they have eight quality players. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of teams are eight deep and that's what the playoffs is. The playoffs are play your best eight to seven players, like 40 minutes, right? Like get your best players as much minutes as you possibly can. And I don't think a lot of teams have a better eight players than the Nets do right now. Yeah, so maybe there's a reason there, – there's a much stronger reason to believe in the Nets over the Bucks, because Budenholzer refuses to play his guys 40 minutes. He refuses to go eight-man lineups. He has to do 12-man lineups. I think it'll be different this year because yeah. their bench is so much weaker. 
yeah. but their bench wasn't great last year and he still put in so much faith and it just wasn't deserved yeah um i think that's the difference nets versus bucks if they play Giannis like 40 42 minutes yeah uh i think he'll have amazing series but i don't know that i i don't know that it'll happen yeah it Budenholzer's got to change that this year i mean I don't know if the ownership will tell him to do it, but like he got killed from everyone. Like every analyst I heard talk about it was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. It's like, it's like having Shaq in his prime and then only, only playing him 30 minutes in a playoff game. It's like, what are you doing? It, it makes no sense. Um, yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. I almost think also as good as of a coach as Mike Budenholzer is, if he doesn't do it, you got to get rid of him. 100% agree. I thought they were going to fire him this offseason. Really? I really did. After two the Bucks, straight... The Bucks got away with that dud in the playoffs. They did not get nailed nearly as hard as they should have, and it was just because the Clippers blew that 3-1 lead. I think... it's. I'm so glad you brought that up, because somehow they got away with that. Like, people kind of just, like, left them off the hook for some reason. I don't know why, but that was horrible. Yeah. Like, that was really, really bad. The Heat, from the sec, like, the Heat kind of dominated that series, if I remember correctly. Like, it wasn't really close. I never thought, like, oh, the Bucks are really going to take this back. And, like, they won the in Heat- five, didn't they? Huh? Did they win in five? Did the Heat yeah, win in they five? Won, they, yeah. They won in five and they started the series 3 0. They were up 3 0. And then mm. Chris Middleton had that, like, Hail Mary game in game four. But it was like, it was ridiculous. I, I don't, that was so stupid, but yeah, I, I quickly want, I want to touch on Lakers versus Nets, the matchups in that game. I, I just think like there could not be more entertaining basketball. I don't think. Um, so first off, I think they're going to put Anthony Davis on Deandre Jordan to just kind of give him a rest, whatever. Mm. But I think LeBron is going to take on the task to guard KD and I think KD will take on the task to guard LeBron. I really do. I know, I know players like to save their game for offense because points are points are more important than defense. Let's just say it. Let's admit it. Mm-hmm. But t- to see those two duke it out like they did in the finals when like Cleveland and Golden State, that is the most exciting matchup in the NBA. The two best players going head to head in the finals. That would be like the perfect storybook to ending to a season. Yeah. 100%. Who guards Kyrie? Dude, I don't know. Kyrie would feast in that series, like dominate. That is the series for Kyrie, I think, because he doesn't have, like, KD would be locked up by LeBron. Not locked up, because you can't lock up KD, but he's yeah. got an excellent defender on him. So Kyrie's got the reign to take as many shots as he can if they're open. Kyrie, I think people, I think Kyrie's like, almost underrated now in a sense just because people hate him so much like as a person you know what I mean I feel like it almost takes away from his basketball skills but he's up he's like a super efficient scorer and he can do it on all three levels like to almost the best in the league right like he's one of the better three-point shooters in the league he's one of the best mid-range shooters and he's probably the best finishing point guard in the league yeah. I don't know who can test him for that, but it, I don't know. his ambidextrous uh, finishing is unmatched. The jelly he can put on the ball, spin it off any angle at the glass. 
it's ridiculous. Uh, I'm super excited to watch this team this year. Yeah. Kyrie is like one of the best talents in basketball, especially when he's hot, when he's cold, he like loses games for you. But that was just because he didn't want to be on the team anymore on the Celtics anymore. I think Um, I don't see that happening for Brooklyn. No, I think he's finally happy to be in a spot where he's playing and the the efficiency point you brought up, like he's one of the best like hot players in the league. It's like him and Clay Thompson that just reached this like nuclear mode. Mm-hmm. Watching Kyrie pull up in transition from thirty two feet and nail him. Those are the coolest. Those are the, <laughs> the best moments as a fan. It's ridiculous, and he's like when he goes on these like super hot streaks, he puts up like like he when he was playing for the Nets last season. I think he had like four games over 50 points in like two weeks or something. Like he just went unreal, super hot, couldn't be stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm all in on the nets this year for sure. Yeah, man. You've, you're, you're doing your best to convince me here. I, <laughs> I want Giannis just for the bucks, just for like, just to say that he did it. I want Giannis to win it because every year that passes there, it's less likely he's going to do it. Yeah. Um, but if not the Bucks, I think the Nets, 100%. All right. Well, I think that is the wrap-up for our awards podcast. Um, thank you guys for listening to The Chase Down. Ben, any uh, final words? No. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Next episode, we're going over our thoughts on the preseason and yes. what, to, what to expect to start the regular season. All right. Sounds good. Peace out, everyone. Bye, guys.